What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, your source for everything Isles and the only Islanders podcast to not know where in the world Josh Bailey is. I'm one of your hosts, Damon Vittieri, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Cohen. How's it going, guys? Good to be here. And Kenny Ivero. What's going on, guys? Highly recommend Sip of Sunshine IPA. Just saying. <laughs> nice. Well, as usual, we've got some news to cover. Uh, we're going to dive into the first four preseason games that the Isles had, and uh, we're going to talk about our takeaways from camp thus far. But before we get into that, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, a lot of uh, a bunch of preseason games, but uh, I'm just I'm just not that excited. I guess you know we'll get into that uh, in a little bit, but I don't know. It's uh, it's been interesting. Definitely, the guys that you want to look good have looked good, but. Uh, it just is it enough to really uh, lock down a roster spot for one of them? I don't know. I guess we'll get into that later on. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good as well. Uh, I'm working with a new mic today, which I've been uh, looking for for a while. So I'm excited to see how it sounds. You guys have said it's been it was yeah, good right been, before yeah. we got on air. So I'm hoping that uh, it works for a while and we get it for years to come on the on the podcast. Yeah, man. No, you sound good. The yeah, dulcet tones of Ben Cohen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. First off, something that I didn't think I would ever see in my lifetime, to be honest with you. We broke ground on our new arena today, and I had the chance. I had a break in my schedule. I was able to live stream it. I don't know if you guys were able to catch it or not, but uh, it was it was pretty cool. They showed a couple of renders for what the arena is going to look like. I love the outside. So the outside of the building has these beacons that will light up and they they'll change colors. So obviously when the owls are playing, they'll probably be blue and orange, but like for concerts, there'll be different colors and different events. I thought that was really cool. It kind of has like a city field, old New York look to it with like a lot of brick and, and glass. And it's just really cool design. Uh, the concourse looks awesome. It's got like a nice Islander logo in the center by like the team store and just just open and airy. I mean, it's it's going to be cool. And uh, the, the funniest thing was uh, Ledecky. He gets up there. John Ledecky. We have like the best owner ever. He's hysterical. And he gets up and he's like introducing some of the Islanders. And there's like maybe 10 of them there for the groundbreaking. And he's talking about he's like, oh, and, and Brock Nelson who uh, took a lot of money from me this summer, but he'll be with the Isles for a while. And Scotty Mayfield, who uh, finally got smart enough to propose to his girlfriend. And, like, he's just, like, talking about these players. It's really <laughs> funny. And he's, like, on the podium. This is, like, like Cuomo's there and Bettman's there. And I just, I'm like, this guy is, like, he's manic. And it's been a few days where there have been a few days throughout these last few months where it's like, all right, this is, it's finally happening. happening. And then... But it's not quite there, and it's finally happening. It's finally happening, and you know, there's all these tweets. You know, this is a day to remember in Islanders history. Uh, this is the day to remember for Belmont. Um, and also, it came at a at a time where that wasn't the only stadium news or arena news that that we got today with um, the Coliseum getting seven more games, including the two Rangers games, which I'm so pumped for. Yeah. 
that's going to be good. You need to have those games at the barn for sure. Uh, it looks like they moved. So what we've got now, 28 games at the Coliseum, 13 at Barclays. So that's, that's great. That, that's the split. <laughs> that's yeah. impactful on how many points I feel like the Hunters are going to get at the end of the year because those games at the Coliseum, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what our record was, but it was definitely better than at home at Barclays. And the playoff games, obviously, it was pretty, you know, pretty noticeable, the difference between the two arenas. So. If the Islanders are in a playoff hunt, that's going to help having the Coliseum rocking for 28 games. Yep. And you know what I love more than anything is the fact that they moved the Rangers games to the barn. Like, they can sell those games out at Barclays, right? So those are usually the games that stay at Barclays. And we've got owners that care so much about what the fans want that they basically took money out of their pockets. Again, they did it in the first round of the playoffs last year. They're doing it now. With the with moving the Ranger games, and to me that just says so much about about really how they respect us as fans. And you know, we just we haven't had that. We've had you know, I mean, Wong did so much for the team keeping him here, but we never had owners that respected us financially like these guys do. And and I just love it. So Malkin and Ledecky, like kudos. So yeah, good good call, Ben, with that. We, we, there were rumors for a few weeks, but we didn't want to talk about it until we had concrete numbers, and, and that's it. So 20 games at, at, at the Coliseum this year, 13 at Barclays. Um, you guys may remember uh, a couple of weeks ago in our news segment, we talked about the, uh, the hockey news having the five-year projection on you know the roster and, and and what it was going to look like for the Islanders and there was one glaring omission I felt which was Kiefer Bellows so I wanted to follow up that news piece with um, I actually reached out to Ryan Kennedy who wrote the article for the Hockey News and he got back to me and my question to him was essentially like you know why did you guys leave Bellows out I you know and he said he said I included Bellows as an option not on the lineup but he was like kind of like an honorable mention. He said I included Bellows as an option since there's some pretty good competition for forward spots in the future. With him he has to be top 6 so that's his challenge. So I thought that was really cool that Ryan Kennedy responded and um it, it look it makes a lot of sense. Anyway, I don't know if you guys, you know, wanted to wanted to comment on that or not. I mean, honestly like thus far like who- do you think Bellas has had a better regular season uh, preseason than this year or last year? I think last year he had a better. Yeah. Like it's just like and that wasn't enough. But I guess probably no matter what he did last year, it probably would have been too early to bring him up, but he's definitely done less than last preseason, so it's really hard for me to get excited like what do these guys have to do to break into the lineup? I'd love to see Bellas cuz he's definitely like has that physical aspect to his game which makes him a lot more attractive. Um, he's not just, he's not one dimensional. Um, and I feel like a guy like him, you know, he's, he produces more when he's playing with NHL caliber guys, feeding him the puck and you get stuck in the AHL and it's like, you know, who's, who's your line mates. So I don't know. Bellows. I feel like he's looked best out of all the forwards, but is it going to be enough? You know, I really want to see one of these kids make the team. I, I'm sure you guys do too. It kind of um, confused me the Ryan Kennedy article because he said with him, he has to be top six. So that's his challenge. But if I remember correctly in the article, he stressed that it wasn't based on, you know, top six, bottom six, that kind of thing. Uh, Like he had guys that would more be top six guys in the bottom six and, and vice versa. They were more based on potential being the lineup. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. Well, I think that was my interpretation of it. I don't want to, 
put words into his mouth, but I, because I didn't think that Ishikov would be a fourth line center. He's he's so small. So that was kind of how I interpreted it. But yeah, I guess on his what he's saying there, um, yeah, it would be that would be more of the depth chart and and the way that he sees these guys positioning. So yeah, I guess it is a little confusing. But Ishikov think, fourth line center. Yeah. I guess I guess more than anything else, it kind of goes to show you that Bellows really does have an uphill battle because of he's you know he's kind of just more of a pure sniper, and I think he's going to really need to be uh, in in the top six, like like Kennedy said, in order to make the team and and, and be in their future plans. So kind of interesting, but yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool that he responded to us and he kind of you know added some some commentary to um, you know his original article. Who do you uh, think okay. would be more um, like just top six? Like, r- would Wallstrom be more just a top six guy than Bellows, or can you Definitely. see like Wallstrom being like a third line guy, or Bellows no. being a third line? They're I just think, both top six guys or, or bust, right? I think Wallstrom is like the real deal, man. I think he's yeah. like a complete package. This po- yeah. this this preseason, he's impressed me so much, and he's like, you know, he's a kid. And he just, he looks like he's got poise. He's got, I said it in the prospecting. He's the only, he's the only Islander. I thought that like played with swagger where he was super confident in his abilities. And I don't see that Bellows is more of like a straight line, you know, bang the guy in the corner, create some separation, get a shot off where Wallstrom, he's a little bit more where he's going to control a little bit more of the pacing. Plus he just shoots the puck from wherever he is. Wallstrom. And he has a great shot. They both have in from Brian Compton. We're back a little bit back to the to the Belmont, but he just tweeted that capacity for the hockey at Belmont will be seventeen thousand one hundred and thirteen. Nice, that's a good number. Thirteen. Yeah. It's going to be hard to sell out, but I, I don't think, think so. There'll be I games, don't think so. definitely games that will sell out. You have to remember that we have not had an arena to call our own ever. Yeah. So that means. We haven't been able to, to to tailor the fan experience. We haven't been able to make it an Islanders arena where, you know, an entertainment event, it's just the hardcore hockey fans. With this arena now, it's going to change in so many ways. Families are going to come out just for the entertainment value of it. And I think that's going to help b- boost their numbers in a big way. So I, I definitely think that they'll be selling out more than they more than they won't. Have you guys been to The Rock? I have not New Jersey because because like if they can just replicate how that arena feels as far as like being a home arena for the Devils, as much as I hate the Devils, but when you go there, it's like you know you're there. It's not Barclays where it's like just a bland arena that has some accents of Islanders in it for like a temporary time. It's like their arena, and it feels like home. And we haven't had that forever i mean we're we were just islander fans were just thankful to be in new york it didn't matter where and that like damon said now it's going to be like islander fans are going to go there not only just because it's not barclays because they have real islander fans hate barclays so much but they're going to go there because it's like the city field of hockey for the islanders like it, it feels like home so it and it, it kind of like, like damon said it looks like looks like city field too and that's yeah, a beautiful, that time, beautiful baseball field. So. It's that old time New York thing. I, I think what I had read initially was that they were going to try to replicate the way Detroit feels. Where I don't know if you've seen the Little Caesars Arena, but like the whole ceiling is is um, like LED lighting. 
So you can mm-hmm. change the feel of the building like so quickly with just, you know, you just change the color. Like they'll like make the whole ceiling red and stuff. And they liked that it was a low ceiling. And I heard that Belmont was going to be the lowest ceiling of the new arenas in the league because they want to keep that loud, hostile island. Uh, I, well, I love it. Ceiling. I love and, it. And I know, and it look, these will all change, I'm sure. But like in the rendering, they had these like slats that just basically made the logo of the like the Islanders logo, but it was just Long Island and it was like an orange and it went from like the top concourse, like all the way across, like from like almost like the width of the ice. Like and so when you see that, you know where you are. Like you're looking right at Long Island, like a sign oh, of Long Island. I thought making me so cool. excited. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be killer. Like it's all great now. You're looking at piles of dirt and all that, but realistically when it starts to go, I mean, it's going to be amazing. And if they take the enthusiasm, if you just take John Ledecky's enthusiasm and everything he's done and, and, and Scott Malkin have done for this team in such a short period of time, and you can manifest that into something physical, which is the arena, like this place is going to be off the charts. I'm telling you, we have no idea. We're about to step into the big leagues. I love the Islanders to death. They have been limping on for quite a while as almost like a minor league franchise. And like Malkin and Ledecky have made this team a, 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 a true contender, a legit franchise. And that is something that we just really have not experienced almost ever. So, I mean, even the Coliseum, I mean, we've always rented from the Coliseum that the Nassau County owns it, you know, we just rented. So this is going to change everything. Revenue, the entertainment factor, it's it's gonna just jettison us into into another, you know, the next the next tier for for teams. So I'm 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 so pumped. But yeah, I hear you, man. It's got to feel like home. It's got to feel like Long Island, like like you know where you are the second you step foot for all the right reasons. And and I think that's gonna happen. Um, okay, so moving along to to round out the the news of the week, we covered a lot of Isle stuff. We're gonna just kind of touch on um, the rest of the league. The RFI, the RFA dominoes have finally started to uh, have finally started to fall. So um, right after we recorded last episode, Ivan Provorov signed. He was an RFA. He signed a six-year deal, $6.75 million cap hit. Then Mitch Marner, he finally signs six years, $10.893 million. I don't know how Toronto's going to keep that team together, but it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Charlie McAvoy with the Bruins, he signs a three-year deal, $4.9 million cap hit. Travis Konechny, six-year deal with Philly, $5.5 million. Brock Besser with the Canucks, three years, $5.875 million. Uh, Carlo signs a two-year deal, two point eight five with the Bruins. Uh, Thomas Shabbat, eight-year deal, $8 million. And then the big one today, Braden Point, he signs a three-year bridge deal, $6.75 million. So everybody's finally starting to report the big ones that are still missing off the board. Patrick Line, obviously, Kyle Connor, and uh, Miko Rantanen are, are the are the really the, the last of the big fish, and of course Matthew Kachuk. Where you know when is he going to sign? So, uh, but they're one. starting to report the camp. Um, you guys think this has any impact on? I mean, I know we talk about Barzi all the time. Every time there's a new contract signed, but uh, you think he's more looking for the short deal, the long deal? Where do you it's think it's interesting? Because in? I would have had my money on him signing for. Uh, taking a max deal from max term as well. and But everyone and their sister is getting the short deals. I mean, if I would have to... I mean, to me, at least it's more because these teams are in cap trouble. Like, if you look at point, uh, point you said that his cap hit is... 6.75. 6.75. I mean, 
to me, he's saying, all right, I get that you can't pay me now, but you're going to pay me in three years, right? And right. I feel like the Islanders aren't in that position, so it, it it's a little bit different. It would be the most depressing thing ever if Barzell signed a three-year deal next year. Like, as an Islander fan, you just it, – it, that would just scream 100%. like he's gone in three years. Like that, like, and it just worries me. Like, is three years even a bridge deal? Like, one or two years is a bridge deal. Three years, like, do you, everyone getting three year deals? Is this what the player wants, or is this like one of these GM tricks that's going to be like a post, uh, you know, lockout thing since the lockout got extended or or whatever? The potential lockout got extended another year or two. I but, think it all has to do with how many years you're giving up in your in your UFA deals, you know, where in the in the past you didn't really make your money until you were a UFA. Now these guys know that it's a young man's game, so they're trying to find ways. It's an ever-evolving situation. I mean, I think this this holdout with all these RFAs goes to show you that I don't think players or GMs really know how to navigate this kind of changing landscape. So, mm -hmm. you know, it depends. I look at so many different factors. You know, how many years are you giving up as a UFA? You know, to me, a bridge deal means it, there's still going to be an RFA at the end of that deal. Now, it's only going to be for one more year. So, you know, you might get qualified. You might have an extra an extra year and then you're gone after that. But it all depends. If you're signing, a, you know, a three-year deal and the team still retains your rights at the end of it. Um, Which is most of the cases here. Right, right. So then Which you're making a little bit me. more money. You're making a little bit more money than you would have in your in your RFA deal mm -hmm. because you're worth it to the team. So I don't think there's a clear sure. answer to this because, I mean, just look at how – I mean, look, the Senators signed Shabbat for max term, eight years. The Lightning signed point for three years. You know, Besser signs a three-year deal. Konechny signs a six-year deal. And I know, like, Besser, Konechny, they're not really the same. Besser is much more important in his franchise. But – these are still good players. I feel like. And, you know, Shabbat. I think you have to look at everything. You have to look at term. And I think I said it last week, but it, to me, I'll give Barzil all the money he wants if he signs max term. If he if he doesn't, then it's a different story. Then, you know, you maybe hope for a, a middle-of-the-road contract at a six- or a seven-year deal for three years because that gives you a little bit of room to add some pieces for those three years and go on a run. doesn't necessarily mean he's gone afterwards, but— you know, it's just something to consider. So I think every situation is different. It's going to depend on the player, too. I mean, what they want to do, if they're comfortable where they're at, if they like the direction things are heading. I still think it's too early to be worried about any of this. I really For don't. Sure. I think. And at least the way I see it, I think it has less. I mean, sure, in terms of reference points, there are definitely uh, points you can take from, pun intended, Braden Point. Yeah, but, I knew you were going to um, go there. I just knew uh, it that you can take from this year's RFA class. I mean, there were gajillions of them, but if you, if I had to put my money on the deciding factor for Barzal's term and value, I would say that it's going to have more to do with where the Islanders are both in terms of, uh, success next year, uh, players they've brought in players, they've let go projections for, Pulak and Taves, as well as how well Barzal is in terms of point total this year. Mm. I think there are many more factors to this deal that, as you said, it it a lot is a lot is going to happen between now and then. There are many more factors to this deal that haven't happened yet than than ones that have.
Right. No, I agree. I agree for sure. Yeah. All right. So that pretty much rounds out the news of the week. And uh, now we're going to get into the first week of um, somewhat real hockey. I mean, it's real hockey, right? So it doesn't feel like it when you watch some of the games, but <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. The last few right, games so, are so, going to be for real. <laughs> so first game of the preseason with the big club. Uh, Isles took on the Flyers. That was on the 16th. Isles ended up winning the game 3-1. Um, what we're going to do for these games is, is basically just, you know, go through the roster so you guys know who played, touch on the goals, and then kind of give our take on the games if anything stood out to us. So first game of the season, we had uh, our roster was Thomas Hickey, Matt Martin, Anthony Beauvillier, Kiefer Bellows, Lucas Spiza. I don't know how he's still kicking around, but he's on a PTO. Uh, Scott Mayfield, Josh Hosang, Colin McDonald, Matt Laredo, Kyle Burrows, Grant Hutton, Sebastian Ajo, Uncle Leo, Leo Komarov, Otto Koivula, Cole Bardro, Casey Sezikis, Travis St. Dennis, Eric Brown, and then the goalies were Christopher Gibson and Semyon Varlamov. So uh, that was that was the roster. Uh, first goal of the preseason went to Thomas Hickey. He, uh, he blasted a shot through Elliott. Uh, who probably should have stopped it. It kind of went five-hole. Um, Bardreau was in front of the net. Uh, what impressed me about that goal was was not so much the goal, um, was the work by Travis St. Dennis in the in the corners. And he's kind of had a quiet camp so far. He's kind of one of those guys that I think is going to be kicking around Bridgeport for a while there. Um, the uh, Flyers tied it up 1-1. JVR gets a feed from the million-dollar man, Kevin Hayes, 7-for-7. Seven seven. <laughs> Uh, I what I saw with this one Mayfield was kind of chasing a little bit but I thought he could have had some help down low I didn't get to see who the center was um, on the goal but I have a feeling it was maybe Koivula because Koivula was paired up against Hayes most of the night Um, I didn't think that Varley could have stopped that one Ben I don't know if you saw that any differently than I did no not really and if you look at the stat line I mean the last two goals Spiza scored in the third third period unassisted and then Eric Brown uh, had a power play goal uh, assisted by Bardro. And if you look at the the goal score, the scoring recap, it doesn't look like anyone stood out. At least anyone that we care about. I'm sorry, Bridgeport. <laughs> uh, and that's because that was kind of true. I mean, I thought Hosang played well. I mean, he wasn't special, but I thought he played well. Uh, Sezikis played well. Sezikis always plays well. But to me, there weren't really standouts, you know, stick crazy standouts, like roster altering standouts in this game. I don't know what you think. Right. I almost want to say that part of that is, is that part of Trotz's system where you're really not going to have too much room for creativity. I really want to see how it goes this season with their offense. That that will really be yeah. the, the telltale sign. But there were some things that stood out to me, like on the Spiza goal. The only reason why that goal happens is because of, of the pressure that Bellows, you know, he came in forechecking with with uh, Lurito, and they forced a turnover, and then Spiza blasts a shot. That's the stuff that you don't necessarily see on the score sheet. Like, if you're not watching the game, you say, oh, man, Kiefer Bellows didn't score. He didn't, you know, he didn't have an assist or whatever the case is. Like, that's the stuff that I look at that I'm sure coaches are looking at when they're dissecting film. I thought that Bellows had a real solid forecheck on that play that led directly to a goal. And that's important when we just talked about in the last podcast how, you know, the Islanders' forecheck was one of the worst in the league for puck retrieval and for forcing turnovers. And um, it managed to, you know, it managed to to create something from the preseason. So 
Uh, you know, yeah, I thought it was good. The other thing that that was interesting to me because I was really watching Otto Koivula, and he wasn't really doing much offensively, but it didn't really dawn on me until after. I think Trotz was testing him on matchups because Andrew Gross tweeted that Barry Trotz had Otto Koivula on the ice against Kevin Hayes and the Flyers' top line for most of the first two periods. JVR did score the Flyers' lone goal, but Trotz liked how Koivula looked defending against Hayes. That's the stuff that's important. You know, we talk about if these guys can make the team. Otto Koivula matching up against, you know, the Flyers' biggest off, you know, biggest biggest free agent signing. That's that's a big deal to me. You know, I want to see how he how he plays. And and you know, he, Hayes looked good. He had a good game. But for the kid matching up against him, I thought he did pretty well. Do Do you think you could move Broussard to the wing if like Koivula really like? I mean, would it be the worst thing in the world to have them both on the same line with maybe like? A host saying? I almost want to say you do the opposite. I think you keep Broussard as a center and you maybe bring Koivula in on a, on the wing because his yeah. responsibilities are going to be a little less. You can shelter him a little bit more if if that ends up happening. Yeah, um, I'm with Damon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm especially not, with I how Broussard, yeah, Broussard's looked fantastic so far. Yeah, so. he has. He looked good. Yeah. Looked good in the game so, I went to. Yep. So, I mean, overall, I thought it was a pretty lackluster game most of this most of the game it look they're getting there they're getting their reps in it's the first preseason game yeah it's it's always bulk it's always bull like like tonight we're gonna they're playing in 15 20 minutes like from here out it's gonna be more of what the coaching staff is looking for they've had their cuts in camp you know they trimmed it a little bit but this is this is going to be a little bit more for real the last three or four games. The first couple of games, like you said, it's like you look at the first game, no one really stood out. But you know, you see Lucas Spiza scoring, and it's like you almost rather than like lose the game than see a guy like that score. You just like want to see a Dobson or like anybody else. Like I'd rather Dobson and Wallstrom score in a three-two loss, like than see like us win with like you know. It's like messed up to to think like that, but I just want to see these young guys play so bad. Yeah. I hear. I you. just want them to excel. Like I'd rather lose and have them all rip it up, like and just lose by a goal. Because preseason means nothing, you know. You just want to see your young guys do well, which I'm sure all every Islander fan wants. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so second game of the preseason, we finished the home and home with Philly. Uh, that was on the 17th. Isles win that one three two. Um, a little bit more of an interesting lineup for us. You know, we, we were the home team this game, so we're going to play a little bit more of the stars. So we had uh, Eberle in the lineup, Bernier, Broussard, Fritz, Barzell, Lee, Del Cole, Ross Johnston, Oliver Wallstrom, uh, Bork, Yobst, McLean, Letty, Pellick, Pollock, Parker Wortherspoon, Noah Dobson, and, uh, and Bolduke. And uh, Grice and Coro were the, were the, uh, the netminders there. So uh, this one, a little bit more of an exciting game. Uh, Flyers get on the board pretty early. Uh, Michael Roffel gets a high redirection past, uh, uh, past Grice. What I thought was interesting with, with this play, um, and again, I know it's preseason and all that, but um, Barza loses the draw, and then there's just no one that gets a man. They look completely lost in their own zone. And so the coverage led to a high redirection tip. Again, not much stock in it, but I think it goes to show that we need to be better on the faceoffs this year, for sure. Uh, 
Uh, Isles tie the game up. Uh, Barzil, I mean, he had himself a game. I mean, he had, just has a sick pass through the slot. I think when we were watching the game, uh, Brendan was saying how you know it looked like you know the obvious pass. I can't remember if it was Brendan or AJ said it, but um, the obvious pass was to Noah Dobson, who was coming in from the point, and Barzi just kind of like looked them, faked the defenders out, and makes this sweet saucer pass over to Derek Broussard, and he just bangs home a one timer uh, into the open net. Um, I like that Dobson kept the play moving. And that was kind of the first time that you saw one of our blue chippers kind of getting involved in the play and something that you could see in the future, which which I thought was was pretty cool. Ben, I don't know if you saw the same thing that I did. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I thought the – I don't want to say the power play looked good, but one thing that I saw on the power play that I liked was uh, Barzal was playing on the right wall where, where Bailey usually is. And he never had done that before, at least in, in the regular season. And I know that, you know, Bailey's going to be there because Bailey always is there. And I, I don't think that's going to change. Although we'll get to that later because where the hell has Josh Bailey been? But yeah. anyway, uh, also, Broussard, it looks like it would be there for, for a lefty a lefty one-timer. But so I'm not saying it's going to be a mainstay, but I really liked the way that Barzal looked on on the right half wall. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I really love about Brassard is now he's had, he's had two goals in the preseason, and both of them like he doesn't have to have he doesn't have to carry the play. He's surrounded by enough talent where he if he just does what he should do, like for example that play, Barzal did all the work. Gives it to him, and then Broussard just, I mean, blasts it home. Now, how many times have you seen guys, you know, flub that shot or, or you know, not not bury it? Broussard yeah. just very quietly just did what he needed to do. Got the goal. For sure. I mean, that's huge for us. That's, and the that's Islanders have plenty of guys, especially on the power play, that are going to do all the work. It Most of them is just Barzell who does all the work for, like, four different players combined. But also when you look at Hosang and then to in a different way – Bailey, uh, and then also the the defensemen as well. The Islanders have good power play defensemen. Uh, as much as Kenny doesn't want to admit it, at least sometimes Letty's good on the power play, and then Taves and and uh, and Pulak. Plus the way Dobson has looked on the power play, he looks like a natural. So yeah, the does. Islanders have everyone to to set up the play. It's been lacking someone to finish it, with the exception of Anders Lee, who. Being the net front, net net front presence, especially when the power play's biggest weakness is getting shots to the net, it makes Anders Lee kind of redundant. So having someone having a finisher that's not the the net front presence on the power play has been uh, desperately needed and will be welcomed, at least by me. Broussard's going to help huge on the power play because you got to respect him. He he's a guy who you know has a good shot, is good one timer, and then. You know, Eberle is like a pretty solid winger on the power play as well. Like, I, I feel like the power play has got to improve. And I, I wanted to give a shout-out, dude, to Nick Letty. He had his best game of his career. He had one assist, and he was a plus three. So <laughs> Nick Letty is, is trending upwards, guys. You know who he was paired with that game? Noah yeah, Dobson. I know. Poor Noah Dobson had to carry him all <laughs> night long. He was only a plus two. Yeah, well, we'll talk about Dobson too, but we kind of trashed him a little bit after the prospect game. Not trashed him, but we said he looked kind of timid. He's gotten every game he's played, he's looked better and better. And he's played. I think he was just trying to tell the coaching staff that he uh, he can't play with the kids anymore. Yeah, 
Yeah, he needs an NHL caliber guy with him. Like, and if he does have that, then his upside is crazy. I mean, he, listen, Dobson can be just as good as Pulak in two years. It would not surprise me at all. Uh, definitely, you know, he he's a he's that caliber guy. So let's That's go. That's the man. thing, though, is Special. I don't want to carry eight defensemen. So we're not going to. And we'll get look. We'll get into that. Let's get through the game here first. I'm with you though, Ben. For sure. Dobson makes a team. Something's going to move. Something has to give. They're not going to carry yeah. eight demons. Move Hickey. Move Hickey. Because you can't. Gotta, you can't. You'll have too many contract. forwards then. You, you've got. You've, there's going to have to be a move made. Do you think That's, Hickey has any value? Yes. Yeah. He definitely does. He for definitely sure. does, man. Trade him He's to also played really well in preseason. He has looked yes, better. Looked I said it today. Dude, he looks like. He the way he was moving the puck, just stick handling it, and like that confidence he had, he looked like he was like ten years younger, like he looked like a young D man with skill instead of just like a small like guy with like who could barely like stick handle and shoot the puck. He looked way more confident. Obviously, he must be. He knows too. Like he wakes up in the morning, looks at the same sheet we do, and goes. Dobson, this is the guy who's probably going to take my job. So we're going to get the best effort out of Hickey. Yeah. And he, he, listen, there's no one better in overtime than than Hickey. So the guy's got some clutch in him. The performance he he had in like World Juniors, the guy's a fourth overall pick, I I, I think. So he's mm-hmm. he's got pedigree to him. He just listen. If this is what it takes for him to play really really good, and he beats out Dobson, then I'm all for Hickey because he's the first guy to lay a lay a body check in a game when everyone else is like you know sleeping. So he just had a really bad year last year. You can't deny that, but. Hickey has looked better. So let's let's see him ride this into regular season. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's why you're seeing elevated play from a lot of the defensemen this season. They know. They know that they're all really good. You've got eight really good defensemen on this team. Yeah. So and 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 that just goes to show you look good for Noah Dobson. I mean, the kid came in. I mean, this was the first game. The second preseason game was the first one where I thought Dobson looks comfortable now. Like he's getting it, right? Um all right, so let's try to get through this this summary here. So third goal, so Flyers jump out to a 2-1 lead afterwards. It, totally bizarre play. Like, it, no one even, like, saw what was going on. It was just like a, this kid, uh, uh, Chris Begris, takes a shot and, like, it hits off the Shishko kid on on, on uh, Philly and, and goes in. It was just a, a really strange play. Uh, Isles pull the goalie late, and I love this. Speaking of Noah Dobson, Trotz has him out there with the goalie pulled. Like, hey, kid, you want to make this team? Like, I need you in all situations. You're out there. And, um, you know, he so he's out there, you know, moving the puck well. Uh, Barzil, another, like, just sick pass to Eberle in the slot. Eberle buries it. And um, I want to share with you guys, because I love Jordan Eberle so much, I want to share this with you. <laughs> I'm absolutely jamming out right now. Now, how besides Aha being amazing, so I found that on Twitter. I, if by some miracle the the kid who made this is listening. Let me know. I will credit you from here until the day this podcast ends. But every time Jordan Everly scores a goal, that song is being played. Uh, honestly, like imagine the Coliseum played that. Like how hilarious would that be? Just amazing. So anyway, <laughs> Everly buries it. I think it goes to show you that 
chemistry is so important. There's a reason all these guys came back. They want the consistency. They want to be playing with the same players. And right off the bat, right off the hop, Lee, Eberly, Barzil, they've looked like they're like ready to rock and roll. And Eberly, no, no doubt about it. I mean, he buries it. And then good for this. So now overtime, Mason Yobbs gets the OT winner. This kid has been, he's got a motor on him. He is like Casey, but like younger and not as big, not as poised, but like good for him. He's working hard. He steals the puck in, in his own zone. Solid defensive play. Takes the body, strips the guy the puck. Comes in the zone, leads it basically a two on two with um, Anders Lee. Drops the puck off to Lee. Lee takes like a real innocent wrister, and JF Baruby, Islanders fame, JF Baruby, like just flubs the rebound. Thinks he's covering it. It's laying next to him, wide open net. Yobs just comes in, buries it. Game over. He gets to do the post game with Shannon. He he didn't even know he had to do that. So Shannon's standing on the ice for like two minutes waiting for him because he had a little stuff off in the locker room. It was pretty funny, but. Good for Mason Yops. He's looked good. I mean, he's going to be real good for Bridgeport. And who knows what, what happens with him. He could develop um, into into a real, you know, a real solid player. So The guy looks like, um, he almost looks like, I mean, he's wearing number 66. He almost looks like Hosang on the puck. I mean, not, obviously, you know, no one has Hosang puck control. I forget who said it about, I think Hosang's coach about saying he has more talent than, not talent, more Skill. ability. Something skill than Connor McDavid. Natural ability, yeah. Natural ability than Connor McDavid. Obviously, that's not Mason Yobst. But uh, the idea of how he looks like uh, skating up the ice, and it, it's like Hosang with a little bit less puck, puck skill with grit. I love watching him play. And I, from from day one from the Prospects game, I was just thinking, this guy's going to be great for Bridgeport. And to pick up a guy undrafted at a college... Uh, and have him be, you know, impressing in preseason games in the prospect game and looking at a guy that should be good for Bridgeport. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'll complete the broad street sweep. They beat their prospects. They beat the big club twice, um, made my life a little miserable for those few days. Uh, but you know, Hey, that's okay. I'll take that. Uh, again, living with a Flyers fan can be tricky at times. Um, Isles make some cuts after that. They whittle the groups down. Now, instead of three groups, there's two groups. We go into the third preseason game. That was on Friday the 20th against the Detroit Red Wings. And Isles win that one 4-3. Uh, we had uh, Varlamov and Gibson in net. Um, the roster was Pollock, Broussard, Martin, Bovi, Spiza, Taves, Hosang, Nelson, Seth Helgeson, Kyle Burrows, Grant Hutton, Arno Durando. Cole Bardreau, Casey Sezikis, Oliver Wallstrom, Johnny Boychuk, Scott Enser, Nick Schilke, Jeff Kubiak, and Kyle McLean. So mostly a Bridgeport lineup with a few standouts. Um, but uh, first goal, um, Andreas Athanasiu, uh, he kind of gets like a partial breakaway, hits the post, Varley knocks it in. I, not really Varley's fault. I mean, he, he did what he had to do. It was just, you know, kind of bad puck luck. Um, Isles come back. Uh, Devon Taves with an absolute bomb past Jimmy Howard. I mean, right off the draw, Broussard wins the wins the puck back. Wallstrom's kind of battling on the wing. He, I thought he got a piece of it, and and I'm sure if this game was televised, there would be more you know more angles, and Wallstrom might have ended up getting an assist on it. But he kind of like is battling his winger. It squirts over to Taves, and he just unloads. 
Um, I mean, there's not even anybody in front of the net. He just blows it past Jimmy Howard. So sick goal. I think Taves, he's going to have a monster year this year. I just, I really think so. Um, then uh, I'll take a 2-1 lead. Derek Broussard, again, you know, doing what he needs to do. He gets a tap in. Great pass from Arno Durndo, but off of an even better pass, I thought, from Josh Hosang. Josh Hosang doing what he normally does. He's, you know, stick handling in a phone booth right in the slot. Makes the pass to Durndo. Durndo tic-tac-toe right over to Broussard. Bang. Um, and I, you know, in my notes, in my game notes, I basically wrote in all caps, play this man. Talking about Hosang. I mean, he just... He's a creator, and I know we beat a dead horse, and every Islanders media outlet does the same thing, but this kid is ready. Like, he's an NHL player. Find a spot for him somewhere. Um, Red Wings come back, score two goals. Anthony Mantha gets one, and uh, this kid, Ronick, who sounds like Jeremy Ronick, but it's spelled completely differently. He gets a power play goal. Um, and then uh, Isles come back. Bovi, this is what I love. So, we pull the goalie again, so we get two two empty netters uh, in in the preseason in the first three games. Wallstrom's out there, which I love, and again, this whole game with Wallstrom, he's just shooting the puck from everywhere, and like not in a stupid way, but like every time he gets the puck, he's shooting it. And I just kept saying to myself, "We are missing a guy like this." On our team, every how many times you watch the aisles and it's just like everybody's unselfish, everybody's passing, too many passes, too many passes. Every time Wallstrom got the puck, he took a shot, and so he's out there. Aisles pull the goalie. What happens? Wallstrom gets the puck. He's literally on his blue line, right, or on 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 the attacking blue line on Detroit's blue line with his back to the net. He turns around and whips the puck like a low wrist shot through traffic. Howard can't see it. Rebound, Bovey, backhand, in. And I said, you know what? I don't know if we would have scored that goal if we don't have a kid like Wallstrom out there who's just shooting. That would have been like back and forth, back and forth on the blue line. Nope, Wallstrom just turns around, rips it. And then I thought the best goal of the night, hands down. OT winner, Beauvillier. Brock Nelson gets the puck behind Detroit's net, falls to his knees, stick handles and dangles from his knees, Throws a saucer pass to Beauvillier over the defender's stick, and Bovey just bangs it home. Isles win. Sick, sick play. It's great to see Beauvillier doing uh, doing these kind of things. I mean, great on Nelson. I, I'm i not going to lie. I, uh, with about four minutes left in the second period, I'm watching the game in bed, and I, I just fell asleep. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna <laughs> lie there. <laughs> just, it was, I was out. It was like 9.15. I should not have been asleep. And you're also talking to a guy that procrastinates doing homework, so I'm, you know, go to bed at past midnight usually. So, I mean, it was a Friday night, and I was asleep at 9:15. I I woke up at maybe 10 with the post game show rolling on my illegal stream on my computer. I don't know if I can say that on the, on a podcast, but uh, <laughs> and I was like, the Islanders won. I. Wasn't it 1-1 when I fell asleep? Like, what time is it? What day is it? What happened? Um, but watching back the highlights, uh, Beauvillier, I mean, grabbing two goals in like a minute and a half in game time, great on him. And I have been one, and I'll, I will talk about it after the game recaps more, but I've been one to say that he's a third liner and that Hosang should be the one in the top six. But... You know, scoring two goals in a minute and a half and then not doing anything the rest of the preseason 
is the most on-brand thing ever for Bavillier. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if yeah. he. We'll see what happens there if he disappears again. But yeah, I don't. I just thought that Nelson play was was just so so nice. Like it just. I mean, it just goes to show you how much talent you you forget. Brock, he's got he's got so much talent, and I think he's he's poised for another big year too. I, I definitely think so. Would it be out of the question to say like Nelson could get thirty, and so could Everly? With the chemistry that like Everly has with Barzell, I can see him having a huge year this year. I mean, like yeah. the guy's got to be excited. He could have. Where else was he going to go that he was going to play with with a Barzell? He would have just went anywhere and played on like a second line. Probably got demoted to a third line, and then just been like a fifteen goal scorer. But now he's got like this crazy chemistry. With a guy who has a lot to prove, I think Barzell's going to have a huge year. They can both easily get 30 goals. And that, that we already had 103 points without them doing that. So I feel like we're in, a, we're in a good position. We have a lot of underrated guys. And as much as we talk about the rookies, like the guys that we have under contract are pretty, pretty good. I mean, Lee, Nelson, Eberle, they can all score 30. It, it's not out yeah. of the question. No, they know? can. They can. And Bo- Beauvillier can get 20-30. Like, listen, this kid is just streaky. If he comes out of the preseason on fire, which, like, confidence seems to be everything with this kid. He seems to be pretty hard on himself. If, like, But like Ben said, don't score two goals in a minute and a half and then disappear for the last couple preseason games. Get another two goals. Just go in on fire because he could be, like, an X factor for us. If he has a big year, that, that could change a lot of things because we definitely got more goals with Broussard. This guy is going to score goals with us. Broussard's played on two shitty teams the past couple of years, so he's going he's gonna to be – I feel like we're going to definitely score more goals this year, even with the same roster. I just – I feel more confident that we're going to score. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, at this point, Owls are up 3-0, uh, three, three wins, no losses. They roll into the Rock. Uh, they play the New Jersey Devils on the 21st, and Devils take that one 4-3. Um, again, I thought it was kind of a, a an, an okay game. Um, the roster for that one, uh, we played uh, Eberly, Fritz, Barzell, Kunakel, Bellows, Lee, Dalcole, Ross Johnston, Leo Komarov, Otto Koivula, Mason Yobst, um, Holmstrom. This was a big one. Holmstrom had his first his first game, uh, they were kind of sheltering him a little bit because he was injured. Um, so he had his first game uh, of the preseason. And then on D, we had Letty, Pellick, Hickey, Mayfield, Aho, and Dobson with Grice and Coro in net. Um, kind of a weird game, this one, I thought. Um, Devils jump up, jump out to an early lead. Uh, Jesper Bachvist, uh, who I thought had a, a phenomenal game for Jersey. Um, he gets the Devils on the board first. Power play goal. Again, kind of Lucy. Goosey coverage in front of the net. Um, he sure gets the assist. He kind of took a shot off of Grice. Grice was scrambling a little bit. I thought Grice looked uncomfortable the entire game. He let in three goals on ten shots to start with. I just thought he looked he looked kind of rough. Um, but uh, Devils jump up one nothing lead. Uh, Alice come come right back. I love this. So Dobson gets the feed from Pellick on the blue line. Takes a, a hard low wrist shot. Nobody covers Leo Komarov in front. Uncle Leo gets the tip, ties the game. Bellows and Koivula were on the ice. So, you know, it was it was the, a lot of, you know, great to see the young kids out there getting getting a goal. And they must have trots. I love how he had Uncle Leo out there with the two kids. He's like, just babysit Bellows and Koivula for me. Uh, and he gets the goal. So that was nice. Devils come back, make it 2-1. Um, it, it was a 2-1-1. Kind of a weird play. He should gets the puck to Gusev. Um, Grice should have had the... 
should have had the goal. I thought I should have should have made the save, and I thought the Isles should have had Gusev in in the in the summer because uh, I wanted him, and the Devils scooped him up, and he goes to show he took a real bad pass from Heesher and just kind of got a backhand off, and Grice just just kind of missed it, and he was mad at himself after, but it's a nice backhand. So Devils take the two one lead. Um, Isles come come back. Uh, Hickey, we talked about him and, and the great preseason he's had so far. Just makes a real heady pass to Barzell, um, who's in front of the net. Kind of Hickey's kind of coming from off the wing. He's pinching in a little bit. He makes a pass from the top of the circles, and Barzell's just right there for the tap in. And and I I made the note. That's what Hickey does best. It's his vision. You know, I know he's physical out there at times, but he sees the ice better than most. He's at probably our most cerebral defenseman. Um, and I just thought that was, that was him doing what he does best. Um, devils come back again. We were kind of chasing them all, all night, even though we had more shots. I think the shots were like 45 to 21 or something aisles, but we were chasing them on the scoreboard all night. Uh, will butcher beats Grice on a wrist shot. Again, one that I thought Grice should have had. Um, he sure did some real nice work down low. So he, I, he sure ended up, I think with three assists in the game, but again, Grice, just kind of missed it. Wrist shot. You know, you got to have those. Um, real nice sign for the Isles. Otto Koivula ties the game. He just kind of breaks down the wing and, and beats Corey Schneider. Schneider probably should have had it too. But again, I think, you know, he did a real nice job. Uh, Koivula, you know, just coming down the wing there and, and getting the shot. And it's nice to see Koivula scoring goals like this as opposed to just like the tip-ins and the stuff in front that you see from Anders Lee. It was nice to see Koivula kind of take the initiative and push the pace of the play a little bit. So that was nice. And then Devils, you know, they they, they score the back-breaking goal late on the power play. Kiefer Bellows took a bad penalty. It didn't bother me as much because I thought he was physical all night long. He was dumping guys all night. He was hitting, hitting, hitting. So while he wasn't on the score sheet for goals, I thought he was very physical. Every time I saw a devil on the ice, it was it was 2-0 hitting him. Um, shades of Steve Webb. So good on him. I thought he had a real physical game. Hate to see the penalty, but um, Jesper Bachlis beats Jared Coro on a high tip. A high tip seemed to be doing the aisles in in the preseason so far, but uh, uh, it was a nice goal. You know, you, you can't really do much on, on the power play there. So, um, or on the penalty kill, I should say. So we drop our first, uh, our first preseason game. Uh, three wins and a loss out of the out of the first week. I mean, I'll take it, boys. I'll I'll definitely take it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so far, I feel like we've looked pretty solid, but it's it's not a lot of like eye popping standouts that we've that we've seen so far. So it's kind of hard to to get excited about any one of these kids like winning a spot in the lineup. But um, these last few games should should show a little bit more. Um, I actually, uh, Damon, I actually found a list for the uh, starting roster tonight. If you want me to go through it at some point, um, yeah, go for I, it. I could do that. Okay, so then yeah, the game just started the game against Detroit. So we're recording yeah. on the twenty third. So it's for uh, you know. Yeah, I got the game up on the other screen. So if the Islanders score or something happens, I'll just mention it. But um, so tonight's roster uh, in net: Varlamov and Gibson. On defense: Boychuk, Dobson, Hickey, Hutton, uh, Letty, Spiza. And uh, our forwards, um, Barzell, Bellows, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, Dalkala, Eberly, Yost, Koivala, Komarov, Kunako, Lee, and Matt Martin. Uh, I uh, am and, also watching. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, I just said that, you know, it, it, I feel like it's interesting. I just, it just came to my mind that, um, like, Trotz has Barzell, Lee, Eberly all playing together. It's like, 
obviously yeah. it means a lot to have these guys get the chemistry going and start off the year as our number one line. Like, let's not mess around. These guys aren't going to be playing with any of these kids. So it just – that's locked up. That's our first line, and it needs to get chemistry as soon as possible. So it's interesting to see that um, this early in the preseason or, you know, at this even in the preseason at all that they have all these guys playing together already. Um, I, I love yeah. Trump, man. Like, it's just – we haven't seen good coaching in so long. Like, when was the last time the Islanders had a respectable coach? Maybe, like, Ted Nolan was, like, the last guy that we yeah. weren't embarrassed Nolan. about. Yep, definitely. Right? And then prior to that was like Laviolette. And then in hindsight, we didn't really know how good Laviolette was until he's like one of the best coaches in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, I, well, this I is love the it. Third, this is the third game out of five preseason games where he's playing the first line. And they're I love it. the whole game. I love it. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It stood out to and me. And, and, and Koivu is getting a lot of time, too. This is what, his third game also? Yeah, and Yost. I feel like Bellows, Yost, Dalcal, Koivula. I want to see something out of those those guys tonight. Dalcal's got to do more. If Bellows can score a goal or two, it would make me feel like he's up in the running against Wallstrom. But Wallstrom has been a little better. I was just wondering, uh, who do you think has a better shot, Wallstrom or Bellows? Because they both have such good shots. Not who shoots more, but who do you think has a better shot? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, think, I think Wallstrom does. Really? And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you they why. They been shoot the puck. It's great. I, that they're well, players, yeah. You know? I, I mean, so I we talked about this with, with Ben when we were talking about the prospect game. I didn't even need to see the number when the first shift Wallstrom had in the prospect game. He comes down the wing, gets the puck, and just launches one. And both announcers for Philly were like, whoa, that was quite the shot that just missed from Wallstrom. I've never said that about Bellows, for sure. Wallstrom's like more electric. Like, you know what I mean? He'll carry the puck for a couple impressive strides before, like, getting it. I feel like Bellows is one of those guys. He's more like a Nelson where he just gets it and can and can score. But, like, Wallstrom, like you said, he controls more of the play. So he, he's more noticeable out there. Like, I feel like Bellows is just going to be in the right spot and then just get, like, the puck and score. Where, like, Wallstrom will, like, create that whole play from happening. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's nice to have, a, you know, they're both. But and, and Spees is playing a lot, too. Like, Lucas Spees is not a he's not a bad defenseman, but it's just like you definitely sure, don't want to see nine, him over Dobson. Yeah, he's I know. Is he's he nine. You don't think he's ahead he of should Dobson? be ten behind Aho. No, Aho no. hasn't played. So well, okay. I'm glad yeah, you brought fair. that up. I'm gr- table that for one second because I want I want to come back to that. We can bring it I, up next week. I will I will say this to to wrap up the Bellows Wallstrom conversation, and I might get roasted for this. And feel free, boys, if if, if you think I'm off here. I see Bellows now almost, and and he's young, and he's got to develop, but I see a lot of Cal Clutterbuck in him, a real good shot, and you kind of say, why can't he get there? Average skater, throws the body. I can see him filling in when Clutterbuck's, you know, he's he's okay with that. Down the road, I see Bellows almost as a good third liner now, and if he keeps playing physical like this, he's stocky. He's a tank. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So I that body type. Right. Eberly just scored, by the way. Oh, relax, dude. My oh, is what do you think, boys? Is the song how, how, play play already? Uh, mine's at 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, right now. What is yours at? 14:47. Well, whatever, dude. You're richer than me. You have a better internet. Right. Live, Literally, live, it's I got just the poor people internet. The Islanders live stream on the, on their Twitter. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. That's what I'm looking at. Nice. Oh, yeah, okay. We're streaming it. Anyway, well, it was a Letty assist, so I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Kenny. Oh man, this might be his second. Letty's blowing his load. 
Well, I just saw it. <laughs> it was a I brilliant, intentionally wide. It shot. was not. I just saw it live. You're an asshole. That was not intentional wide. That was 100 percent intentional. All right, let me see. I think he looked like he pointed at like he was going to shoot the net, but he just missed it because he's bad at hockey. Anyway, yeah. but apropos Letty, I think it it's interesting. Be, and it's you know part about he's going to get Letty, 30 think... this year. Sorry, he's going to get 30. That's my bold statement. Everly gets 30 this year. 30 goals. 30 goals. Oh, yeah. I'd love he's it. He's got that killer instinct, man. Dude, he's a scorer, Ben. Yeah, he's ready. He's ready. Who do you think has been better, Ben? Wallstrom or Josh Hosan? Oof. I would – this might be unpopular. I would say Josh Hosang. And the reason is – well, there are two reasons. One is that I think that Wallstrom has – Sorry, I think Ho- Wallstrom has played with better players. So Hosang has done it with less, especially in the first game where Wallstrom was on the first line and Hosang was with kids. Um, and then the other reason is that I think that maybe it was just because in the game that I fell asleep during, Wallstrom may have just had a really good third period, although I didn't think he stood out in the first and second periods. Whereas I think Hosang was in both games the whole time um, with more of a consistency and more of an NHL caliber, you know, standout performance. Whereas Wallstrom had more of a prospect standout performance. Yeah. No, I, 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 I kind of I see what you're saying. It blows my mind that Hosang's not in the NHL. I mean, I know, again, we, we, we talk about it all the time, but he's... He's just got all the tools. I mean, so interesting that you brought up that Hosting hasn't played with NHLers. So in our quest to find out where on earth Josh Bailey is, because he's in all the practices, he's at the groundbreaking ceremony. He hasn't played in any of the games. I didn't see anything with, uh, you know, uh, with him getting hurt. So I had, uh, I, I reached out to Andrew Gross and I said, did I miss Bailey getting hurt? Like, where is he? And he said, he said, no, he's practiced all through training camp. He's on the ice now with the second group, and he's on a line with Brock Nelson and Josh Hosang, which will likely be the case tomorrow night at the Rangers. He's just been held out of games as far as a precaution goes. So I'll be there tomorrow. Let's so go. That will be great because first, I, you know, Bailey's got to start playing, but um, Josh Hosang playing with Bailey and Brock Nelson, that's a good look. If that line has chemistry and puts it together— that could be a that could be something that we see. I mean, I, Kenny, I think that's a good point now for you to kind of talk about. Like you've been kind of down on things a little bit, and I think you bring up a lot of a lot of good points. So I want to kick it to you for this. Um, you know, to kind of carry us through the rest of the episode here on on what your thoughts have been with the with the preseason. Yeah, I mean, this might just be like a pessimistic viewpoint of an Islander fan who's been dealing with like a rebuild since two thousand eight, where it's like every time a fifth ranked a fifth overall pick comes in or whatever it might be you're just like so excited to see them in the preseason you want them to kill it and then make the team and you know it's like you look at this roster uh, and you look at the contracts that we have and the guy and the and the, some of these veterans that are you know you, they're just going to be in the lineup you're, you, is leo komarov going to get beaten out by like anything hosang does like hosang would have to have like nine goals in the last three games for him to maybe have Conrad be a scratch for a night or two until Hosang cools off and goes back to the AHL. It's like, so it's really hard for me to be super excited about what's going on 
with Bellows and Wallstrom when, yeah, Bellows has looked great. Probably our second or third best guy behind Hosang and, and Wallstrom, if you want to call Hosang like a true prospect and compared to those two. But like Bellows had a better preseason last year, and you would have thought that, okay, well, after that, he should get at least a nine-game look or an eight-game look. He didn't get that. He, he didn't get a sniff at all. So and, and he hasn't had as good of a year, so uh, you, as good of a preseason this far. So it's like it's I'm just and then you got Del Call. It's like Del Call out of all those kids just mentioned, he has the best contract as far as like getting a spot next year. And it, it's not because of his offensive upside. I feel like it's because he's responsible defensively and does all the little things that Hosang can't seem to figure out. Like if Del if Hosang had half the ability away from the puck as Dalcal did, you know, Hosang would have been in the lineup two years ago because every time the kid touches the puck, he looks like one of the best players on the ice. Like, which that's why you hear every other podcast or every other Islander fan screaming and yelling, why isn't Hosang playing? How come Hosang's not playing over Cal Clutterbuck? Like, they just, they don't understand that you can't have a guy like Hosang playing on the fourth line. He's either a top six guy or he's not. And when you're playing against that caliber of other NHL forwards, if you're not doing all the things away from the puck perfectly, like the coaching staff wants you to do, you're not there. It's it even getting a point a game is it, it almost isn't enough for Hosang. So it's like really hard, especially for me to get with Trotz as your coach. Yeah, it's like he has such a heavy defensive, like away from the puck, you know, mindset. This isn't Doug Waite, where you know Hosang could get like sixty points and be a minus thirty and probably still play, like. I don't know what these kids have to do to make the lineup when you have guys like Clutterbuck, Komarov, and Kunakel still like lingering around. I haven't even got to the defense yet. You got Spiza out here and Hickey, as good as a, a preseason Hickey's had, but is Dobson going to make it over these guys? Like, what does Dobson have to do? I think Dobson's in. I think Dobson's I think in. For who? Uh, and here's the thing, and it's interesting because if you're looking at the lineup tonight, the starting lineup, Hickey. <laughs> is with Dobson, where the last game he played, uh, Letty was with Dobson. So I think it's basically a Barry Trotz, Hickey, is Letty, Mayfield's going to be the guy that says, who are we going to trade and who are we going to yeah. uh, play with Dobson? If Dobson, again, I said it before, Dobson makes the team, it's going gonna, it's gonna to force a trade some or, or something, somebody getting waived. If I'm, if I'm right now, if I'm Michael Dalcole, I'm crapping my pants. Because he, he doesn't deserve look, to be in the lineup. He's he, he yeah. I mean, look, there's like just he has there's the best guys chance. Like as of right now, it's like contract wise, he got a one way deal. Like it, it's like if as of right now, I would put my money on Doc Hall being in the lineup and Kunako over Hosang and Wallstrom and Bellows. Like those two guys are going to play NHL games before the other three guys I just mentioned. Yeah, and it's it ties in, uh, it ties into. Before this morning, I, I tweeted out basically saying, you know, if you have anything you want us to talk about or any questions, just, you know, respond to this. And so I got a response saying from Tristan Peck, so shout out to you, saying some of the youngsters appear to be showing to be showing well in preseason. But realistically, how many slots are available and what is and who is who is your money on making the jump to the NHL level? Thanks, fellas. And all the best from Cambridgeshire, England. So nice. thank you. That's and awesome. awesome. Um, awesome. But it ties into exactly what we're talking about because there there aren't any spots. The for these guys to get spots, they have to make spots for themselves. And the fact that a guy as good as Noah Dobson is, I mean, 
I think that he's made the team, but the fact that he's had to be this good to force Trotz and everyone else in management to to engineer a spot for him, which is going to mean trading one of Letty and Hickey, probably, who, let's be honest, are established good NHL defensemen. And that that shows how difficult it is to get into this team when you have 17 third-line players. And the guys that have the spots aren't the guys that deserve the spots. Michael Del Cole looks like an AHLer out there. He plays like the guys who you're saying, okay, like Seth Hel- not Seth Helgeson, because he was really bad in the game he played, yeah. but guys like Matt Lurito and and Travis St. Dennis, who are like, these are your AHL players. That's mm-hmm. what Michael Del Cole looks like in preseason. Yeah. Whereas yeah. guys like we've talked about, by the way, it's two nothing, Everly scored again. Sorry, Kenny. Oh, oh, man, this kid. 30 goals, dude. I just had it before he scored his first goal tonight, which Wait, means I'm guys, basically even right. better than this? It was a power play goal. Yeah. I'm sorry, boys. I'm doing it. Right? Hey, guys, I figured out Chris Howard. <laughs> so, thank you to Chris Howard. Um, it's His at is Chris and then it's Howard, but it's spelt wrong. So it's Chris and then H-O-W-R-A-D. Yeah, I'm 99% rad. sure it's him who starts it. Oh, um, is it? Okay. Well, I'll reach out to him because I want to make sure that I can actually use it. And if he's got a better audio file than what I have, I really want to use it. This is um, a really nice play by <laughs> I, I will To answer the question, I will say, I think, and it's a matter of just the circumstances, I think Noah Dobson has the best shot of all the kids to make the team. Better than Hosang, better than, you know, even Dal Cole. I think he's making the team. I know that means we might carry eight at first. But you know what? That's the problem that Lou is going to have to figure out. Because you have to play your best players. And I would rather have Noah Dobson, you know, six foot four poise than Thomas Hickey at this point. I'm sorry. Even though Hickey has looked good, I think Dobson has looked comfortable. And you don't know what the ceiling is for that kid. You know what Hickey's ceiling is. So to me, you play Dobson. I think he's got the best shot because they're not going to send him back to juniors. He'd have to have a terrible camp to go back to juniors and from what I've seen in the preseason he's looked very comfortable like he belongs there so I think it's Dobson I think Hosang has looked great and I hope he has a great game a solid game tomorrow playing with Nelson and Bailey because I think that is his test and if I he also love the, good, he'll be the third line that we have with Koivala Kamarov and Kunakal it's like the alternate third line that looks good I mean it's just it's clear that every game they're just trying a new third line yeah, yeah, and they are. They've got did. so many parts. And and look, if they carry eight defensemen and they don't want to make a trade or they can't make a trade because trading is so hard in hockey, well, then you're not going to be able to carry all these forwards. So you're going to exactly. wave a forward. So I mean, something when has we, to give. Right. Well, and that's what I said. You remember, guys, like when we were talking about camp before it started and I said, I really believe that there's going to be some surprises because there's just too many players and there's going to be guys that you think are going to be on the team that get waived or traded or one some combination of those things. 
I think you're going to see that because, and this is what we want. We've never had this. We've always had like one guy that is coming up that we're like, oh, I can't wait until, you know, so-and-so makes the team, whether it was Ocposo or Bailey or whatever. It was like the one guy we had. We've got a whole crop of guys that are knocking on the door. That only means good things in the next couple of years. So yeah, maybe right now we've got a lot of veterans clogging, you know, the, the, the roster pipeline, but that's not going to last forever. It's just not. And, and if they start cold, if the team starts cold, or they need an injection of offense, I think you're going to see moves happen. I really do. So I, that's my, but my answer is Dobson um, for sure. Yeah. As far as that. But Damon, it's, it's what you said about getting the best players on the ice and getting them in. And more than that, getting the best players on the ice in the best places to be on the ice. And so when Andrew Ladd is healthy, it doesn't matter at this point, if he's on your, if he's on your team, He's on your team. Who is he going to play? When, if you're on the team, it shouldn't matter what your cap hit is. The, your cap hit should have to do with how the team, how the front office works. It should have absolutely no effect on how the team is managed on the ice. If you're not good, it doesn't matter that you're making $5.5 5 You should sit on the scratch pad. But is he, he going to play? Like is Lad practicing? No, or he's is still he he's be... still practicing on his own. I think, and so he's, he's like going to be a long term IR, which opens yeah, up I a think, spot yeah. for one of these guys to have a little bit of a showcase, probably exactly. a Hosang. But like when you look at him being back, just I mean, as an example, him well, having five point five million doesn't mean that he gets a spot just no, because of that. But money. he hasn't been terrible yet. Like when he's healthy, he's not bad. He he isn't. He's a he's a decent player. If he's, he's if not he ever bad, but he's same. taking away the spot of, of, like we're talking about Josh Hosang, uh, ideally Michael Del Cole, but no, Oliver Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows, uh, Otto Koivula. He's not bad, but he's taking away their spots. Right. It, yeah. It's the same it's thing the with Leo Michael Komarov argument. It's the Komarov argument that I always say he's a good player. Do we have better players? I believe so. Everly uh, almost all, just. Got a it's perfect awesome. hat trick in it's thirteen awesome. minutes. What happened? Everly got very—I mean, very close to uh, getting the perfect hat trick in thirteen minutes, and actually uh, got a got hooked, which is probably the reason why he didn't make it a perfect oh, hat trick wow. in thirteen nice. minutes. Um, so I want to just—I want to close out with two guys that I'm surprised at in 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 very for di- very different reasons. The first one I want to talk about was our. Um, our second round pick from 2019, Sam Bolduke. Uh, this kid was not on my radar at all. And I thought he played better than Dobson in the prospects game. And I thought he had a very good camp. Now, he was in the first round of cuts. But I'll say this. Kid's got a bomb of a shot. He looks poised. He's young. They were sending him back to junior no matter what. But keep an eye on him because now you've got in my estimation, three key prospects in our defensive pipeline to keep an eye on. Dobson, Bodie Wild, and Samuel Bolduc. And that he's the lefty because yeah. Wild and Dobson are righties. So it, yes. it's – you now have a – assuming Dobson's in the NHL, then now you have a tandem of D prospects with yeah. Wild and, and Bolduc. And I would love to see those guys together in Bridgeport – you know, next year, maybe if things break right, the Islanders could have a great blue line for the next eight to 10 years between, you know, the guys that we have coming into their primes now, which is, you know, Pollock, Pellick, 
uh, Taves, uh, the guys that are just aging out that are going to be gone, like Boychuk and and Letty, and and then you've got the young crop coming in. Like we we are our blue line. That is our strength, and I love that. And what surprised me on the on the flip side of it is how bad Sebastian Aho has looked in the preseason. Like, yeah. I, Ben, I think you said something to me where you were like, did he just forget how to play hockey? Like, it was, he just looked so, like, jittery out there. The puck was bouncing off a stick. Like, I almost said, like, maybe he's injured and we don't know about it because he looks like a completely different player. He looks lost. That's what it felt like, to me at least. Yeah, very surprising. So I think Ajo is definitely slotted in, in Bridgeport. So that takes one of the guys off the off the list that we were thinking might be battling for a spot. I don't see that happening at all. I think he's... You know, it could be a piece that gets moved. So, Damon, you were talking about you know surprises in camp, and, and specifically with the guys competing for a third line plus that one second line spot. Are there any potential third liners? And I don't include Komarov, Lad, the the veteran third liners in this statement, even Kunakal as well. Uh, are there any guys that are competing for that? You know, Del Cole. And then the prospects, and even even Beauvillier and Hosang as well, who you'd be surprised if they were in a trade. Hmm. Who if they were in a trade? Um, I don't think I'd be surprised if anybody was moved at this point because I think we have to move some guys. Um, but I think I would be surprised if Hosang got moved. Um, I think. I think he's the only one that's really going to bring any kind of value back. I think Dal Cole would be a throw-in. I think I think Bo too. Yeah, but well, no, I think Bo. Yeah, yeah, Bo also. But I don't, I don't see Bo getting. I think we have. I think that the franchise is going to stick with him for a few more years to yeah. see what they have with him. I don't think unless they get something that's going to knock their socks off. Where if the Jets are like, hey, line A for you know Bo v Hosang, two first rounders and something else, then I think you maybe do it. But. um you know, just yeah, I, I think I think I honestly I think we're more in a position where we're gonna have to wave guys and send them down to Bridgeport and see if it if they get picked up than anything else. I don't think we have a lot of tradable assets in that in that third, fourth line role. I just don't. I think we have too many of them. Kenny. This power yeah. play looks good. Yeah. Yeah, we're it definitely looks different. Like Kiefer Bellows was just running the second unit. Loved it. Yeah, they're they're moving that's, the puck pretty Jimmy well. That's Jimmy Hiller, man. That's that Montreal, uh, not Montreal, uh, Maple Leafs power play. No, Although uh, Del Sol was sitting in the Bellows. slot the first unit and did not look special. Yeah, he really didn't have much time though. I was watching it. The second unit looks much better with Bell, uh, Dobson, Yost, Bellows. Ooh, nice play. Like they're they're playing well. Listen, these and these are the young guys, so. It seems like we're moving the puck a lot quicker. Like this, maybe this power play coach. I mean, listen. Obviously, it's we can't notice the, the changes they've made, but whatever it is, they look like they know what they're doing out there. It looks like they're more deliberate with the puck. Like they have a plan. Last year yeah. it was like we kind of just were like going based on like just like free for all out there. It looks like we have like a structure. Like we have an idea of what we want to like pull out of the penalty kill. Or last year, we were just kind of like playing around like it was like an open skate and they're just like whipping the puck around. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as what trade value over who who has more trade value, what was the uh, exact question that you have posed? Third liners, third liners, not including the vets who you think uh, are safe from a potential move. 
uh, who's the safest third liner from a potential move? Is just just prospects or like every every guy who could be a third liner? Every every guy who could be a third liner, but don't count like Lad Komarov, Kunakal. Don't count vets. So also all seven hundred and fifteen. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, it's like tough include right? who's the safest? I think oh, Bobillier. but they're like the oldest guys to include. Oh, and also don't include Brassard because obviously he's not going to get traded. I, f- I still feel like I don't agree with this, um, but I feel like Del Call is probably the safest because of his contract. That's a two-year deal one way. They obviously see something that... I isn't. totally don't understand this question. I'm just going to go out and say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of it. I'm just thinking, ask. like, at some point, something has to give. So I'm thinking, you know... you. I don't want to waive Del Cole because I think he's going to get picked up, and I think that you can I don't think so. can be like the final, you know, if you're thinking about you know Letty and Letty and picks for Line A, and you need to include one more thing. I think Del Cole can be that one more thing. I don't think so at all. I don't think there's any value to him right now. I think it's I think it's just he's a he's not going to move the needle. He's a he's a throw in here. Take this kid and throw him down in minors. They're going to try to sneak him in during the big the big cut day. If he doesn't make the the club, they're going to sneak him in and try to get him. No one's going to pick him up on waivers cuz it's going to be, you know, 50 million players on waivers those days. Teams aren't going to be, you know, dumpster diving necessarily. So, I, I hope don't, you're I don't right. Think I think you have to, because like I said, you're going to have guys waived and you're going to have guys that are going to be either traded. I mean, like you said, something is going to have to give and, you know, we're going to see it over the next couple of games. Who's who who they think is standing out. The fact that Coyvo is playing so much, I think they're giving him a real good look. And I think they're I think his value is much higher than Dal Cole's. And I think Coyvo could be could make an impact on the team now. It just depends on what they want that third line to look like and how they want it to act because you can go skill with Broussard on that third line. You don't have to have it a shutdown. So I think that's part of it too is what what identity do they want that third line to have? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's too, too early. It's too early, honestly. Like yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. And I know you're I think we've I think we've 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 kind of covered it as much as we can out of this first week. You guys have anything else you want to add before we say sayonara? Just the last thing is, I know this has become a little bit more of a during the Red Wings game than than we want than we had planned for originally. But the one more important thing roster wise is that Clutterbuck's playing, which I it's great to see him uh, back healthy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course, with Sazikas and Martin, so it's just you know giving that line a little bit of pre, a little bit of preseason themselves. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, boys. Well, I think that that about covers it. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we'll be we'll be back at it next week with some more uh, preseason coverage and uh, some more of our takes from camp. If you've got any questions, anything that you want to uh, have us mention on the podcast, we would definitely uh, love to love to, to to read what you have to say. Um, you can hit up Ben on Twitter at li sound underscore. Or you can hit me up at Kaiju Blue 13, K-A-I-J-U-B-L-U-E 13. Uh, we, we really appreciate the support. Um, again, you can find us on Anchor FM. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes. So uh, we, we really appreciate the support. 
and a bunch of other typo podcast websites. Yes, all sorts of podcasts. <laughs> Although inevitably there will be someone that will ask me if I if we're on X podcast service, which we're probably not. Yeah. So that seems to happen every week. A, a new random one pops up, but we're trying. We're trying to get it out there uh, to just just as many platforms as possible. So uh, for Ben and Kenny, I'm Damon. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Ah!